Praise God and welcome to this, our Church in the Home Sunday message, Sunday the 18th of August 2022. Before we get into the Word, let's just pray. Father God, we thank you for your precious Word. We thank you that it's life to us as we receive it. We pray that your Word this morning will go forth with power and that we will receive it in our hearts. Give us eyes of understanding. May we hear what you are saying, and may we put it into practice, our Lord. We come against any force of darkness that would attempt to prevent this word from reaching the spirit of all those within the sound of my voice. We thank you, Lord, that your word will produce that for which it was sent. In the wonderful name of Yeshua. Amen. Well, let's read our scripture for this morning, and it's to be found in Isaiah. Isaiah chapter 30, and I'm going to be reading verse 15. Well known to us the scripture, but worth repeating. For thus says the Lord God, the Holy One of Israel, In returning and rest you shall be saved, in quietness and confidence shall be your strength. In quietness and confidence shall be your strength. The title of this message is Standing Firm. I have spoken along these lines in the past, but some things are worth repeating, repeating, and repeating. Repetition, after all, is the mother of education, as a good friend of mine was fond of saying. Now, what I want to just focus on is the fact that you and I find ourselves in a very difficult world. Not that any age has been easy for Christians in general, But particularly now, there's a lot of pressure from many directions that is continually being thrown at us and thrown into the world, as it were. And we see because of this pressure and people yielding to this pressure, our world very rapidly descending into chaos. Now, we have a part to play in this situation. We have a responsibility. And apart from broadcasting the word and doing what we as Christians are meant to do, one of the greatest blessings we can be to our society is to be a pillar of hope. People will have to have somebody or something to cling to in the times that lie ahead, as everything that is traditionally relied upon falls apart. And you see, we have a responsibility. To fulfill that responsibility, we will have to be people that stand firm, which I'm going to explain in a bit more detail. At one of the talks at a function at the school which I was teaching at, the guest speaker made a statement which I thought was quite cute. He said, the definition of an oak tree is a nut that refused to budge. (laughs) The definition of an oak tree is a nut that refused to budge. In other words, a little acorn fell on the ground somewhere and it grew. It refused to move. And because of that, over time, that little acorn became a massive, powerful tree. Massive, some of these oak trees, and very solid. You see, and the word speaks about you and I becoming solid so that birds of the air can come and find rest. Speaking prophetically, I believe, of difficult times where people need a port of call that they can rely on. 
The point I'm trying to make is that standing firm might not sound like a very dynamic approach to life. It's not going out there and doing stuff which we are supposed to do. But it is nonetheless extremely, extremely powerful. You see, by standing firm, we hold our ground. And to explain it properly, I suppose, is to understand that life is a collection of myriads of decisions. A collection of myriads of decisions that you and I make, have to make every day, from day to day, ranging from the small to the very big, you see. And the truth of the matter is that as you and I continue to make the right decisions, we stand firm. When we make the wrong decisions, we fall away. Does everybody grasp that? When we make the right decisions from day to day, we hold our ground, we stand firm. When we make the wrong decisions, gradually, slowly but surely, we are swept away. I've met many people, some in particular that stand out in my mind, but people that just seem incapable of making the right decision. Every time a decision opportunity comes their way, which if they were to make the right decision would influence them in the future and in the long term, they just can't make it. They inevitably always, always, always just make the wrong decisions, no matter how much you might try and explain to them the right way. So you see, it's very important that for you and I to stand firm in our society, we have to continually make the right decisions. Having said that, the question arises, obviously, what are the right decisions? And you see, you and I can only make right decisions in every situation if we are informed. You see, many of the decisions I made in the past, which were wrong actually, were simply made out of ignorance. I didn't know any better. And God is gracious, you see, and in his wonderful way, he works that into our lives and eventually we come through it if we get the right information. But you see, we need to make decisions day to day based on the right information. And you see, the enemy of our souls is very anxious to pump you and I with the wrong information. That's his duty, you see. Our function is to provide the word to society and to ourselves. The devil's function is to provide the lie, the father of lies. In that respect, he has, I'm afraid, been very successful. He's flooded this world with lies from beginning to end, well, well coated, very often in Bible, well coated in sounding good, but he's infiltrated our whole society with lies. To the extent that most people will make a decision thinking it's a wonderful decision, but based totally on false information. So you see, our first responsibility now is to be people that have the right information. And obviously, as children of God, we know the right information is the Word, the Word of God, the truth. You see, in every situation, as I've said so many, many times before, what we need to know is what God thinks, because that is the best definition of truth that you'll come across. In every situation, we need to know what does God think and make our decisions accordingly. 
You see, and that's where this whole understanding of in quietness and confidence shall be your strength. You see, in any situation, if you and I know the truth, and let me just say it this way, it's not just a case of intellectually perceiving what the truth is. That truth has to be built into us. We have to know that we know that we know this is the way to walk in. And that understanding does not come cheap. You see, to be confident, you and I need to know that we know. We all know this, but it's important to continually repeat it. You and I will only be solid if we know that we know. For ourselves, what the Word says. We know that we know what God thinks. And you have to, and I have to pay a price for that knowledge. It doesn't fall off a tree. The reason being the enemy will do everything to put lies in your way, to distract you from it. He's used the church quite powerfully in this regard, sad to say. But the church, we need to stand up and boldly proclaim the truth, you see, from day to day. And it's important, you see, you don't come across the truth, stumble upon it once, and that's it forever and a day. Because the enemy does not rest and say, oh, well, he knows the truth, I'll leave him alone. Definitely not. His job is to bombard you and I using whatever means possible, normally using people close to us, to infiltrate with the lie. You just think of Yeshua when he tried to explain for the umpteenth time to his disciples the road ahead, that he would have to be crucified, would have to die at the hands of the Roman authorities for him to bring life to the world. He tried to explain it. Peter, the one close to him, very close disciple, got all bold and said, oh no, oh no, I will not allow that to happen. In other words, in his fleshly mind, thinking I must stand in the way of this terrible thing happening to the one whom I love. The Lord had to rebuke him. And he said, get behind me, Satan. Imagine saying that to one of your closest friends. Well, you see, what was the devil's trick? Why did he have to say, get behind me, Satan? Using his beloved disciple, the devil was trying to use the fleshly mind to frustrate the purposes of God. And the Lord discerned it, and he discerned who was behind it. He wasn't cross with Peter. He was cross with the enemy trying to use him. You understand? So you and I have to be on our guard day in and day out, which means what translates into practically renewing our minds on a daily basis. Don't think that because you and I stumble upon a truth that it belongs to us forever and a day. As you all know, it's a process sometimes a difficult process, of weaving that truth into the tapestry of our lives, you see. But as we do that, as we take the trouble to do that, you and I become equipped not only to be able to discern the right decision, but to have the strength of character to actually do it, you see. As you and I do that on a consistent basis, as we remain confident in the truth, it becomes our strength. It becomes our strength. You see, and it says in quietness and confidence is our strength. We don't have to rage and shout aloud. You see, when you and I are confident, we don't have to shout. We don't have to scream. We can just remain silent, knowing what we know. 
You see, the opposite is true when somebody is not confident. They feel obliged to get into arguments, to be very contentious, to try and prove their point. As a rule of thumb, when somebody's trying to prove their point, rest assured they don't really have a point. You see, but we're not supposed to be that. Somebody said to me, aren't you going to defend the gospel? And I said to him, the gospel is quite capable of defending itself. Please understand, I'm not unwilling to discuss things about the word, but I've learned something. Truth can only be apprehended by the humble heart. Did you know that? The moment you and I get proud, we become excluded from a perception of the truth. It becomes impossible. So when you discern in somebody an arrogant spirit, a know-it-all spirit, the best thing you see is just to keep quiet and maybe sow a seed here or there. But to try and argue somebody like that into the kingdom of heaven is futile. You see, But you and I don't have to be argumentative. We don't have to be contentious if we are secure in the truth. Amen? In quietness and confidence is our strength. You see, and when you and I are confident in the word, we don't have to shout. Does that mean we must be passive on every occasion? No, you see, the truth is we need to be looking for the opportunity when it comes our way. Let's go to Jude, the last book before Revelation. It'll have to be Jude chapter 1 because there's only one chapter. But I just want to read something. This saint of God gave very good instruction for how you and I are supposed to respond to the world around us. I'm going to be reading from Jude, Jude 20 to 22. But you, beloved, building yourselves up on your most holy faith, praying in the Holy Spirit, keep yourselves in the love of God, looking for the mercy of our Lord Yeshua Christ unto eternal life. Now listen to this. And on some have compassion, making a distinction. You see that? We have to distinguish between those who might receive the word and those who won't, making a distinction. But others save with fear, pulling them out of the fire. You see that? Rescuing them out of the fire, hating even the garment defiled by the flesh. So you see, our responsibility is to be ready and available to help people, to snatch them from the fire, as some translations say. But we have to distinguish, you see. We're not obliged to get into vague, contentious issues and argumentativeness. It's a waste of time. But can I just say this? In any situation, if you and I are quiet and confident, that will be a very loud message. Though people might not recognize it, they will know it. You see, and the point is, when things fall apart around us, if quietness and confidence is our strength, we will stand, you see. We will stand. We will be that acorn that refuses to budge. And though we might be ridiculed on occasion for being strange, as far as this world is concerned, we'll be based on the truth, you see, and we'll be strong. And as we grow strong, you see, when the time comes, people have a, a port of call, somebody that they can go to with their respect. You see, we as Christians have a responsibility. We need to continually, continually, continually be renewing our mind with the Word of God and attempting as best we can to walk in it. As we do so, we are equipped. And when the opportunities come and the decisions come our way, the big and the small, 
we will be equipped to make the right decision. Can I just say, the key to being very powerful in the kingdom of God, it's not so much how eloquent you and I might be, it's not so much how much intellectual knowledge we have or how successful we might appear, although all these things are important. It's a matter of being secure and confident in the word. You see, we'll be able to make the right choices. I know people that are highly intelligent, highly educated, continually, continue, just make the wrong choices in life. Make the wrong choices. You see, it's not a case of knowledge and intelligence to make right choices. It's a case of having the word inside of us. And as we do that, you see, we're able to stand firm in the marketplace to stand firm, in the home to stand firm, at the school, at the university, at the social gathering, in our private lives, you see, always, always making the right decisions, standing firm. And as we do that, we grow stronger and stronger. But you, beloved, building yourselves up on your most holy faith. You see, as we make the right decisions, Based on the word, our faith grows. Praying, always praying, you see, in the Holy Spirit. Keeping ourselves in the love of God. You see, that's important. Filling ourselves with God's love. Standing firm, being a beacon of love and security. Let me tell you, in the troubled times that are coming our way, those qualities will be very, very rare indeed. And I'm trusting that you and I, in this fellowship, will pick up that spirit. Pick up that spirit. You see, it's not necessary to go out there and save the world. The world around us will run to us for salvation if we operate in quietness and confidence. Amen? Looking for the mercy of our Lord Yeshua unto eternal life. We're trusting always, always in Him. Our relationship with Him is preeminent. And on some have compassion. You see that? Making a distinction. Always looking for that opportunity for people that are ripe for the gospel. Amen. Those people have come to a place, and very often that place has to be a place of brokenness. I very often discern in people that there's an arrogance, there's a pride, there's a self-sufficiency. And I realize with people like that, it's a waiting game. They will inevitably make the wrong decisions, inevitably come to a place of desperation. And you see, our job is to be the right person at the right time to help them. You see, when we become contentious and very often we end up insulting people, you never win an argument by insulting somebody, even if their thinking is completely, completely illogical, irrational. You see, sin is never rational, let me tell you that. Never, ever. You'll never make sense of it. It's totally illogical. But to try and fight that, to try and contend that with the intellect is a waste of time, you see. But what will speak loudly is not so much our words, but more our silence. In quietness and in confidence will be our strength. I hope you and I are picking the spirit up. In quietness and confidence is our strength. In every situation, my prayer is that every one of us will display this quiet confidence, this assurance. You see, and as we do that, we become a pillar in society. Pillars that our society so desperately needs and in the future will need even more. 
unwavering, unshakable, steadfast in the truth. I'd like to just finish this short teaching with a reading from Proverbs. We have put out the book of Proverbs, and I encourage us to read that wonderful, wonderful book and to listen to it as it's been read by Janet. It's very good instruction for life, very, very wise, down-to-earth statements. What I'd like to do is just read one portion, Proverbs 4, 23 to 27, which I believe captures a lot of what we've been saying, the spirit of what we've been saying here. Proverbs chapter 4, and we're going to read from verse 20. My son, give attention to my words. Incline your ear to my sayings. Do not let them depart from your eyes. Keep them in the midst of your heart. For they are life to those who find them and health to all their flesh. Keep your heart with all diligence, for out of it spring the issues of life. Put away from you a deceitful mouth and put perverse lips far from you. Let your eyes look straight ahead and your eyelids look right before you. Ponder the path of your feet and let all your ways be established. Let all your ways be established. Do not turn to the right or the left. Remove your foot from all evil. Heavenly Father, we thank you for your word. We pray, Lord, that we will be people that are secure in ourselves and in what we are meant to be doing. We pray for the spirit of quietness and confidence in our midst, that when all comes against us, we stand. And standing firm, having done all, we stand, our Lord. And by your grace, Lord, may you use us to reach many of those around us who are floundering, are struggling, Lord, are filled with fear, apprehension, concern for the future. Thank you, Lord, that we have you, our rock, and our pillar in times like these. In Yeshua's mighty name. Amen. Praise be to God. <laughs>